Hi, welcome to Recovery His Way. This week's episode comes from our most recent graduation, where our director, Tom, and all four of our graduates spoke about finding purpose. We know that it is critical to the success of someone in recovery to have a new purpose, and we hope you're blessed by this message. I want to share a brief thought as we um, set up the, uh, the guys sharing tonight. Um, their testimony. But, you know, um, I wanted to ask the question, kind of, why are we here? Um, And I'm not asking the question, why are we currently at this location? I'm asking the question of why do we exist? What are we to do here? Why are we here? Um, Because I find that for many of us, and particularly for these brothers who come into this building when they apply and when they start into this program, that's one of the big questions is why are we here what are we to do what is our purpose what is our reason Um, and and it's that lack of reason many times that creates a sense of chaos a sense of purposeful purposelessness in our lives and um, and finding meaning finding purpose finding the why to our lives um, is critical I think to our recovery Um, And in Acts 17, Paul, as he is in the city of Athens, he addresses these intellectuals. And he says in Acts 17, 24, he says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of the dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he's actually not far from each one of us. And so he gives this picture, right, that that God has created this, that he is the, the originator, he is the source, he is the creator, he's created all this, and that he's established the times, the places, the boundaries, all this is all structured together for one fundamental purpose, that we may seek him, that we may seek him. And, and I think that's one of the key things that, that the brothers tonight, as I was thinking about the four guys that are graduating tonight, one of the keys to their journey is this pursuit of knowing God. You know, begin this whole, the scriptures begin with the fundamental belief that God is our creator, right? In the beginning, God. That assumes that. That begins there. It's the very origin of where we begin. And that we have order, we have purpose, we have meaning. This isn't an accident. This isn't some incident. It isn't random. There's no chaos here. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And later on, he says, therefore, all things should be done indecently and in order. So one of the fundamental concepts that we try to emphasize is that there's order, that there's that this isn't chaotic. Um, If you talk to any of the guys in this program, one of the things that's kind of a part of it is that it's structured, right? I mean, everything happens at the same time, in the same way, with the same purpose, in the same direction. That's because we have a God of order. Um, It's not just random. It's not just grabbing at things. It's not blowing with the wind. It's order and purpose and meaning behind everything that we do. And it brings me to the passage I want to spend a few minutes on, um, which is one that is popular around here, one that we refer to a lot, which is in Jeremiah 29. 
And Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So the Lord, God, has a plan, right? And it's plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. So the proposition here is that God has a plan. It's a good plan. It's a hope-filled future. And so one of the things that I engage this world and engage this process is as I seek God, I discover that it's a God that has a plan for me, that has a reason for me. I exist and he is accomplishing something in me and for me that's to bless me. That's to give meaning and purpose and hope and a future for each and every one of us. And so we understand that. And then the question becomes, well, how do I pursue that purpose? And in verse 12, he says, because of that proposition, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. So one of the promises he gives is that we, if we call on God, if we seek him, if we pursue him, that he will in fact hear us and that he will in fact respond to what we, what we request. And that's fundamental. We live in a world again in which many of the people around us, increasingly this is the case, that we live in a world of chaos and a world of arbitrariness in which we don't know that we may look for something, but we don't know what we're looking for. And we don't know if we're going to find it. And if we do find it, we're not sure if it's going to be good or bad when we do. But that's not the truth that Jeremiah reveals to us. God says that he wants to be sought. He wants to be found. And that when we cry out to him, when we call upon him, he promises that he will hear us and that he will respond to the cries of our heart. In fact, in Matthew 7, he says this. He says, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be open. Or which of you, if, he, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to the, give good things to those who ask him? So he, he Jesus reveals to us. That we have a God that is a father. And he's a good father. He's a very, very, very good father. And that when we ask him, he's eager to respond. When we look for him, he's eager to be discovered. And when we knock, he's eager to throw open the door and welcome us. This isn't a reluctant God. This isn't a God that is resistant. This is a God that is eager and pursuant of us. And so we need to understand that the nature of God is that he is good and that he is our father and he desires the very, very, very best for us. So if you call upon him, if you come to him, he will hear and he will respond. And the second thing he tells us to do to pursue our purpose is in the next verse, in verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek with me with all your heart. If you seek God. If you pursue him with all your heart, if you give all every ounce of your energy, every passion of your life toward him, he will be found. Again, he's not hiding. He's not far away. What, what did Paul say earlier in, in Athens? He said that this God that we're looking for is not far from any one of us. In fact, in Matthew 5 and verse 8, 
He says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And I don't think he's talking about you'll see God one day in the future in the by and by. I think you will see him now. You will see him in this very moment. Emmy and I were sitting at church this morning and we were meeting with a group of people on Governor's Drive. And we were watching people who are homeless. We're watching people who are struggling with addiction. We're watching people come and praise God together. And we were sitting there, part of that. And I asked her the question while we were sitting there. I said, do you see God here? Do you see God right here? And she looked up. She goes, no. And I pray for the day she will. Right there. It'll be obvious. Because that's what God desires for every one of us. To see Him. To experience Him. To know Him. That's His whole purpose. In fact... In Psalm 27, I just want to read a few verses from, the, from this psalm. Psalm 27 begins like this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? But, but by the way, let me, I mean, I could launch in a whole other direction here. But fear is our response to an unpredictable chaos. Which is exactly what God has not done. So he keeps saying through that scripture, don't be afraid. You may not understand, but there's order. There's purpose. There's meaning behind this. Trust me and your fear will evaporate. If you were afraid, it's because we don't know him. If we're afraid, it's because we don't trust him. If we're afraid, it's because we don't understand the purpose that he is pursuing for each and every one of us. But so he says... The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That's the passion. All I long for is to dwell in the presence of God, to see his face, to yearn for him, to inquire of him, to pursue him. In verse seven, he goes on, says, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You've said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek? Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O oh, you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O oh God of my salvation, for my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And then later he says, and this is what I love, very last two verses. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. You see, his confidence, his promise is this, that he will not just see the Lord one day, but they'll see the Lord in the land of the living. That he'll experience him and know him and see his face and dwell in his presence forever. And then it says, if you call upon me, if you seek me with all that you are, then he promises this in verse 14. He says, 
I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. So he says, one, I'll restore you. I'll restore my original intent for you. I'll restore you back to what I've always dreamed that you would be. And then he goes on and he says, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I'll replace you in your proper place. You see, as he speaks here specifically, he's talking about Israel and being restored to their land and being restored out of the exile that they had been sent. But see, there's a greater exile. There's an exile that we have all experienced because of the separation that we have had from God because of sin. And God's intention is to replace us in that initial place, in that garden with him, where Adam enjoyed fellowship and conversation and walking with God and talking in the cool of the day. And his intention is to restore us, to replace us into that genuine, meaningful, transformative relationship, a face-to-face -face relationship with God. That's our purpose. That's why he put each and every one of us here, is to seek and find that purpose. And tonight I believe that the four brothers that are sharing with us, all in their own unique way, have and are discovering and walking in that purpose. So tonight, I want to first hear us to hear from Joe Albright. Joe is our 375th graduate of his way and, um, and has some great things to share, I think, about the restoration that God is bringing into his life. Joe? In my testimony, um, I had said that I'd never been addicted to anything. And um, what I meant by that was uh, uh, chemically addicted because a lot of people here have been chemically addicted and I've known people very close to me who have been chemically addicted. And um, when they come off of things, it's not pretty. It's very ugly. And I never had to go through that, you know? But um, my addiction was more of a mental addiction because I've been smoking weed and drinking beer and such for about 40 years now, off and on. Um, had jobs where I wasn't able to smoke and I'd quit smoking. Um, I'd had things like DUIs where I'd say, well, I've been drinking too much, so I stopped drinking, you know, two, three times for years at a time, but I've always fell back on something. And, um, well, until now. Um, for the last six and a half months, I haven't smoked anything, I haven't drank anything, um, no cigarettes even, so I'm getting there. I think I am getting there. And I would like to thank all y'all for that. Um, also, um, yeah, my mind doesn't work quite right. I, I stall sometimes, so just give me just a second. I'll, I'll get back with you. Um, oh, I wanted to um, talk about religion because I've never been a religious person. I've, I've been to church maybe two or three times in my life before now, and uh, I think the reason was, was I was just never prepared to do the right thing. I was never prepared to stop drinking, stop smoking, and, and be the person that God wanted me to be. I just never could see myself doing it until now. 
And like I said, for the last six months, I haven't smoked anything, I haven't drank anything, and everything's been going good. And I plan on continuing that. And um, I just wanted to say it's working. And give it a try. Give it a try, definitely. Um, I would just like to thank a few people. Um, I would like to thank uh, my nephew who came and got me on my passes. And he's not here tonight, but his name's Robert. And he would come get me and bring me back on time almost every time. Almost every time. But, <laughs> but he tried. You know, he did a good job. I would like to thank Mr. and Mrs. Jones. They're my employers. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't know anything about this place. I'd um, got in some trouble. And Mrs. Jones called me up and she asked me if I would like to come out here and see his way. And I told her yes. And I came out here and I talked with Tom and he showed me around and I met a few people and I, I was interested. So like I said, I just, it's time to get my life right. And I'm, I'm here to do that now. I just want to say thank you to both of y'all. And with that, uh, I'm done. Thank you. Joe uh, didn't mention it, but one of the things that happened a couple weeks ago after he graduated, or after he left here, uh, moved out, he, uh, Mr. Jones got to baptize him into Christ. That was a great experience on a Friday morning, and so uh, grateful for that. Um, you know, my life verse, when I went through, all these guys have to go through the purpose-driven life, and they go through all the answers, and they write a lot, kind of a... Um, purpose for their lives, a purpose statement. And mine, when I did many years ago, came out of the passage in Philippians 3, 10 and 11. I wanted to share that. It says, because um, that's a great statement to me about my purpose, I believe. And that is, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Um, and to me, that just speaks volumes for a couple of things. One, the purpose of, as I've already talked about, coming to know Him. And to know Him in His power, His resurrection power. Attaining that resurrection life. So what, much about what um, Joe was just talking about a second ago. That, you know, so many times we live for 40 years with kind of this life of powerlessness. It's like a life of purposeful, purposelessness. And then one day we discover there's a reason, there's a purpose, and then we begin to live a life of power, begin the life of resurrection power. And I pray that Joe will continue in that life that he has begun. Um, and then Paul goes on in Philippians 3, and he says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I have not considered that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward what lies ahead, pressing on toward the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And one of the beauties of what he says here is that, that Paul believed that God had grasped a hold of him, that Jesus Christ had grabbed a hold of him for a reason. He was straining for that reason. And all of us, God has made and is capturing for a reason, for a purpose. And discovering that purpose is the most important thing we can do in our lives. And one of the keys to seeing the victory is that he says here, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the upward call. And I think one of the great and important things is that in order to see us through to the victory, we have to let go of the past. 
We have to let go of all those ties, all those things that keep us down, those memories that keep us attached to the past, those identities that keep telling us you're a loser and a failure and you're um, no good. And you, we got to break free of those and strain forward to what God has grasped a hold of me for. And uh, tonight, I think to Jairus, his life is a great testimony of that. And I want him to share that with us. How y'all doing? I'm going to share a little something I'm um, completing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's been a while and I haven't completed anything in a long time in my life. So the importance of completing is all about finishing something you started or thought that you couldn't finish. For me, this is a major accomplishment in my life and I couldn't be more proud of myself. Completing something and staying focused and achieving goals where well, achieving your goal goals makes a major difference in your everyday life. And it's a great feeling on the inside that I can't describe. Never give up the fight and keep fighting on to complete whatever it is in life that you're trying to accomplish. Thank you. I think that was probably the greatest accomplishment of your life right there. <laughs> 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 Completing, finishing. You know, the way we finish a race, the Hebrew writer says, is by throwing off the things that tangle us up and by running with people who are succeeding. Um, getting ourselves around people who know how to finish, who know how to complete things, who know how to see things through. In fact, in, in Hebrews 12, he reflects back on Hebrews 11, says that we have this great cloud of witnesses that are an example to us, a model to us. Our, our peers are those people who have finished something, who have completed something, and are walking and pursuing that victory. As Paul goes on in Philippians, he says, in Philippians 3, 17, it says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you with even tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory is in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject things to Himself. You see... One of the things that we have also in Christ is we get the opportunity to be around people that we get to imitate, that we get to join. And the reality is that for all of us, we become like the people we're around. That's why, that's why we were where we were. And that's important to get where we need to be. Is we gotta, and, and I think for many of us, We've been afraid of the people who succeed because they intimidate us. We're afraid of them. They're scary to us. We know how to hang around with people who have chaos and disorder and are not going anywhere. But how do we hang out with people who are going somewhere, who have an intention, who are breaking free of the things that Paul talks about there, of being an enemy of the cross, of pursuing the things that lead to destruction and um, feeding their belly and pursuing the th their, you know, considering their shame a glory, those kind of things. He says, our citizenship, our, those who are winning the race, our citizenship is in heaven. 
And it's those people that we find fellowship with. It's that crowd that are our witnesses, that are our brothers, that are our sisters, that is our family. And I know um, in talking to Malik, one of the things he talked to me a lot about was how important it was to have a support system, to have brothers that are cheering for you and pulling for you and being in that community and how much easier and almost essential it is to be able to win the race. You got to run with people who are winning the race. So I want Malik McCullough to share with us for just a moment as well. Malik. who want to see each other succeed and also provide help. You surround your, you're surrounded by brotherly love. They all motivate you to do the best you can and become better. It's a blessing to experience something like this. It's a lot of positivity. So I just want to thank the Hisway staff and community and keep producing greatness. As for God, Hisway is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven, and he is a shield to all who trust in him. Psalms 18, 30. As he concludes his thoughts in Philippians, it says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Stand firm. You know, all that we've talked about tonight sets us up for victory because it puts us in a place to stand. And throughout Scripture, the one thing that God desires for us is that we will, in fact, stand. In the classic novel, Hind's Feet on High Places, it comes from Habakkuk 3.19. It says, The Lord God is my strength, and He will make my feet like Hind's feet. And he will make me walk upon mine high places. You see, God intends to establish us in victory. Intends to establish our feet secure, firm. The journey of recovery is a journey, as I mentioned, from fear, from chaos into faith. And I'm excited tonight for our concluding speaker, Gerard Ferris, who wants to help us see where we're going. Drive. First and foremost, I would like to thank God for blessing me with the opportunity to come here to this program and make it through successfully. I want to thank God for allowing me to have a sober mind, humble heart, and a grateful spirit. I could, I could not have done it without him. I want to also thank my family for their unconditional love and their support. They never let me, they never let me down and gave up on me. It's good to hear them say that they are proud of me, especially knowing where I came from. So I just want to say, I, say that I love y'all. And last but not least, I would like to thank the staff here at His Way for their love and dedication. This is such a wonderful program, and I am blessed to have, have you all in my life. God worked through y'all to help equip me with a new way of life and a new way of thinking. So many times in my past before I came to His Way, I ignored all the warning signs that I was going in the wrong direction. No matter what I did, I did it my way, which only led to destruction. But here in this program, I learned how to accept correction because correction is an expression of God's mercy. Here his way, I, brought, I was brought back from the wrong path 
and the wrong actions, wrong decision making and desires that could have been hurtful or even deadly. Who knows what harm might have been done to myself or others if God didn't intervene at the right time. In James chapter 5 verses 19 and 20 it says, Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from the death and cover over multitude of sins. I'm thankful for this journey to recovery and I'm grateful for gaining a closer relationship with God. So from this point onward, I will continue to use the tools of self-awareness, tools and self-awareness that I have gained here at His Way throughout my life, moving upward in God's grace. Onward and upward to everyone. God bless.